passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus the crowd was a weird thing, and that was the other kind of topic on Twitter. They didn't sell out. Um, I'm surprised by that. I saw a pocket of empty seats in left field. That was surprising. I've never seen the Mets not sell out a playoff game. Do I have a theory on why they didn't sell out a playoff game? The only thing I can come up with, and I said this to my dad, and by the way, the Mets selling out or not selling out a playoff game doesn't really bother me. I'm more pissed off at the team. But, yeah, it's definitely interesting and surprising that they didn't. But I said to my dad, is it possible that when you continue to add layers to the playoffs, you take away what the playoffs really mean and how special it is? Um, It's not uncommon for NBA teams to not sell out a playoff game, mainly because 16 teams make the NBA playoffs. So that thought went into my head. It's not really a good excuse uh, because – you know, it's 40,000 people. You know, you're not asking for anything that crazy. And the Mets in general have drawn well. I know we picked on some of their attendances in September, but I think they were still fifth or sixth overall. Does them not selling out have something to do with a lack of faith in the team? Maybe. Does it have something to do with it being a Sunday night? Maybe. I don't really know, but it was surprising. And I did think, here's the other thing about the crowd. And this is not me ripping the crowd because I'm in the crowd. So I'm part of this. The crowd was beaten early. And that's not something I even blame fans for being and feeling that way because I felt that way. So how the hell could I lecture anyone else? It's like when people, and keep an eye on this on our own radio station, by the way, when people talk about lack of attendance, I find it funny if they don't go to games. How could you criticize fans for not going to games when you don't go to games? That's why when I do it, I'm like, I got a little bit of credibility. I go to a ton of games. So 
I can't, I'm not criticizing my fellow Met fan by saying, hey, the building was very flat on Sunday night because I was flat. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I was freaking flat. My claps in the lineups introductions was flat. My cheers during the game, which were, they were very rare, they were flat. I felt beaten. And I got the impression the crowd felt beaten too. I didn't get that impression in game one, which is crazy. And maybe it was the newness of it. It was game one of a series. But even when Max gave up that two-run home run, you could feel that crowd was still really into it until the Padres really broke the game open. I thought in this game, when Nola got the two-run single, the crowd was mostly flat the rest of the night. Pete, I think you're right. When Buck comes out, there's a little bit of moment, a little bit of juice, a little bit of he's a cheater, Chan and Joe Musgrove. When Marte draws the leadoff walk in the seventh inning, there's a little bit of juice. I thought when they got out of the seventh inning, because at the time it's 4 nothing, the Padres had second and third, nobody out, and somehow, somehow, some way, Lugo and Givens got through it to keep it at 4 nothing. I thought there was some juice out of that. But for the most part, we felt beaten. We sounded beaten. And I think it came that way on TV. And my answer would be, I think the team beat beat that out of us. I really do. I think we lost faith in this team. And we turned out to be right. I hate to say it. I didn't want to be right. None of us wanted to be right. But I did get the impression that we were a beaten bunch at City Field. Did you get that impression? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's funny because there was one person in the crowd. There was two people in the crowd that were really trying to get. Like one old guy started like yelling at everyone like, you guys, what are you doing? You, you, what kind of fans are you? You got to scream for your team. I'm like, dude. <laughs> What are you yelling at right now? We're down <laughs> six nothing. We have one out to go. There's nothing happen. There's nothing happening. You can turn your hat backwards. You can do what you want. Stop. And, and there was a couple of people like that, but a lot of people just like mumbling under their breath, like, "What the hell's going on? What are you doing? Why are you bringing Edwin Diaz in at that moment in time? Like, w- w- wait a freaking mop mop up duty for Edwin Diaz that he doesn't deserve that. Why are you not bringing in Francisco Alvarez? Like all this mumbling of like n- things that we. Nothing was going to change the night anyway, but people were just so dejected. Is that a good word? I'm not even yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, no, I yeah. think we were. I think we were beaten and dejected. I mean, when the Padres go up 2 nothing in the second inning and the Mets never rally. Like, there wasn't even a rally for us to be pissed off about that they didn't score runs. They didn't get a guy in scoring position until there was one out in the eighth, uh, one out in the seventh inning. So it, it's tough to criticize us as a crowd because there was nothing to cheer for. There were a couple of big outs, I guess. You know, when when Bassett gets Jurickson pro far to pop up to end the second inning, yeah, we're excited, but we're down 2 nothing. You know, think about what just happened. And then they tack on a run in the fourth inning because Trent Grisham is the greatest baseball player ever. It was a very, very depressing night. And that's the way I would look at it. It was just a depressing night and and different very different than a lot of those other nights that closed down City Field or closed down a season, I should say. You know, because like I mentioned, the wild card game in 2016 was a great game that had a kick in the balls ending. The game five of the 2015 World Series, for the most part, was a great game. They blew it in the ninth inning. I mean, it was a great game. You know what I mean by that. It was a close game. It was an exciting game. It was a game in which we envisioned winning and forcing a game six. Obviously, game seven against the Cardinals, we know all about that. This was one of those games, I guess, similar to game 162 and 07, 
where you knew immediately you're dead. That three-hour funeral. So I guess the best comparison I give is that. And I wouldn't even say, oh, wait, the closing of Shea, because the closing of Shea was a very good game. Carlos Beltran hit a home run. The Mets had a lead. Then they blew the lead. Like, it was at least a back-and-forth game in which there was drama. In game 162 of 07, we were done in the top of the first inning. And in this game, game three of the wild card series, if you want to say it was the second inning or the fourth inning or the fifth, you pick your freaking inning, we were done. And you knew for the last two hours, this season was going to end. And then miserably, and, and, and I admit, we're going to reevaluate this in a few days. We're going to do our next podcast. We'll probably do it Wednesday where we take a deep breath. And with time to think and time to be more rational, discuss what happened in 2022. But in this moment, the season sucked. In this moment, this goes down into the wasteland of just bad seasons. You, I'm sorry, 101 wins while impressive and while really good, like I mentioned a few days ago, it's a really good regular season. You get defined by October. Yankee fans will tell you all about that. How many 100-win seasons have the Yankees had where they got knocked out in the divisional series? Now, I get we're not the Yankees, but here's where we are, the Yankees. Here's where we are. We may not have a ton of world titles, but the expectations are to win. That's where we're the Yankees. We got to win now. Not get to the playoffs and have fun. No, no, win. Win. Championship. Win one. Because most of us, have experienced a World Series. We have maybe two World Series in the case of me. Some of you actually won a World Series, but you have to be over like the age of 42 to really remember it or whatever age you want to come up with. We are at the point with this payroll, with this roster, where they got to win. So making the playoffs ain't enough and losing in a wild card series that they shouldn't have been in because they blew the division makes it far worse. And here's the bitter taste in the mouth I have. They played six playoff games, in my opinion. The three against the Braves for the NL East and these three against the Padres. They went one and five, and they looked like dogs in these games. They really did. They looked like a team that was afraid of the moment. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Now, the easy answer could be, Evan, that's not really what it was. They just didn't play well. Okay. I'm telling you what they looked like, though. You want to tell me the truth is they just played their worst baseball at the worst possible time? Okay. That is baseball. But they appeared to a lot of us like a team that couldn't take the moment, couldn't take it in Atlanta, and couldn't take it in New York. And here's what scares me moving forward. And we are going to do, let me tell you something. 
There's going to be so many freaking Rico Bronias this offseason. Your head's going to explode. We're going to do podcasts analyzing every aspect of this goddamn offseason. You're going to lose your mind. So we'll be here for you. And we're going to get into much further detail. But I'm going to give you a broad take right now about what scares me moving forward. Are you ready? In 2022, Edwin Diaz had one of the most dominant seasons you'll ever see from a closer. In 2022, Jeff McNeil won a batting title. In 2022, you got to the playoffs with Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom healthy, at least able to pitch, and ready to go, which is not always a guarantee that your team's going to be healthy. Look at the Yankee bullpen going into the postseason. Look at the Met rotation in 2006. Where was El Duque? Where was Pedro Martinez? So it's never a sure thing that you're going to get to October healthy. This team, even if Scherzer was banged up, got here with those guys ready to pitch. They got here in a season in which Pete Alonso had 40 home runs. They got here in a season in which Francisco Lindor drove in over 100 runs. Now, some of those things can happen again. I admit that. Can Pete Alonso hit 40 home runs again? Sure. Could Jeff McNeil win another batting title? Sure. But this season felt like an opportunity. You had the most dominant closer this sport has seen in a while. You had two legitimate aces in a world in which there aren't many aces anymore. If I ask you, okay, name the list of aces in Major League Baseball. How long is that list? I'd love to hear it. Because all I hear is this guy's not an ace, that guy's not an ace. Okay, let's all make a list of aces then. Why don't you tell me all the aces in Major League Baseball? It's not a long list. I've got my opinion. My opinion may differ with others, but it's not a long list. And the Mets on paper had two. And they couldn't even get to the divisional series. They couldn't even get that crack at the LA Dodgers or that crack at the Atlanta Braves in a postseason series. And instead, they lost to a team that all season long underachieved. Yeah, they went all in at the trade deadline, and we admired them for that. But this was a team that was a 500 team for the second half of the season. And so 2022 to me right now in this moment feels like a missed opportunity. And those opportunities may not come around all the time. And that's what sucks. And then just the ending. It's over. You know, baseball, I love sports, and I love the NBA, and I love the NFL, and I love baseball. But baseball remains my favorite because it's there every day. That's what, to me, still keeps it above the NBA and the NFL. The NFL is an event on Sunday. The NBA to me, and I love the NBA. I don't, maybe a lot of people don't. It's close to baseball. It's not every, every day, but it's reliably there every two days, you know? But every day is something special. And since April to now, we've had the Mets every day. And now it's gone and it's taken away. And that's something that does absolutely suck if you love baseball, that it's just gone. And unlike when you're having a bad regular season and you know it's going to be taken away from you, when you're in the playoffs, you don't know when it's going to be taken away from you. If the Mets had a good night on Sunday night, we were assured at least three more games and a crack at the L.A. Dodgers. And now it's gone. So not just the disappointment of this season and the embarrassment of the way this season ended, but just something you love was taken away from you. 
And now you got to find other things to take up your time. For me, it's a lot of TV shows with my wife, and it's a lot of cursing out Ben Simmons. <laughs> I'm not going to bore you with that talk. Don't you worry. And I love, hey, look, the Jets are three and two. Let's all have a party about that. I mean, that's very exciting. And the Giants somehow are four and one. But no one wants to hear that right now. Doesn't mean I'm not excited about that as a Jet fan. And for those who are Giant fans excited about that, of course, you can be excited about one thing and also disgusted by another. All right, I'm going to read this comment to you. We'll do a whole podcast about this at some point. But Jacob DeGrom was asked, do you think you'll be with the Mets next year? And Jake's response was, I'm not going to discuss any of that. I have no clue. And people are taking that as, he gone, he's done. I don't think that comment means anything. I think it means, I'm not talking about it right now. What can I tell you? See, Steve Cohen could call up Jake and his agent tomorrow. And he probably should, because it's over. DeGrom's season is done. How you want to proceed is done. You saw him make a postseason start. You saw him make the rest of his starts in the major leagues this season when healthy. And that's it. That's what you're going to base it on. So if you're the Mets, you could formulate tomorrow what you're willing to pay him and try to pay him right now before he gets the free agency. You could do that. I don't think that's going to happen, but you could do that. And so I think if you're Jake, when you're asked a question like that, what are you going to say? As Brandon Nimmo, are you going to be back next year? I don't freaking know. Are the Mets going to offer me money? <laughs> I mean, why should I say yes and then the Mets lowball me and the Cubs offer me double the money? I'm not saying that's going to happen, but players are always in this weird spot. And what I would advise everybody and Yankee fans too with Aaron Judge when their season ends, if it ends, maybe they win the World Series, don't overanalyze how they respond to things. Let's not get nuts about that. With that said, we'll do an overanalyzed Jacob DeGrom podcast real soon where we break down the pros and the cons of every kind of contract they can give him. But for now, for now we cry. For now, we think about how much time we wasted in 2022 watching a baseball team that all they would do at the end of the day was disappoint us. All they would do is rip our heart out. But that's what they do. That's what we are as Met fans. And someday, I don't know when, hopefully I'm on this planet, they won't do that to us. And we will all celebrate a world championship together. What year will that be? I don't know. Took the Cubs over 100 years. So there's no guarantee it's going to happen anytime in the next 50 years. But one thing I do know is that that party will not happen in 2020. That's all I've got to say. We'll come back. We will do a deep breath Rico Bronia on Wednesday in which we give ourselves a couple of days to uh, breathe the air and reevaluate what happened this season. And then we will start to pop out podcasts analyzing every aspect of this offseason, including one podcast I look forward to. And I don't think we're going to do it for the divisional series. I think we'll do it for the LCS once we're down to four teams. And that's a Met fan's guide to rooting and watching the postseason. We'll let the division series happen. Let's let all these teams beat each other up. And then when we're down to a final four, plus we have time to let this funeral end. You know, the Met season just ended. I don't want to think about who I'm rooting for. So let's give it a week. 
when the divisional series ends, we will present to you a Med fans guide to watching and rooting in the NL and ALCS. So listen, the season may be over, but you got a lot of Rico Brown you look forward to. And at some point during this offseason, you're damn right he's going to join us. We will talk to the great Rico Bronya. But in the meantime, I don't really have anything positive to say other than, yeah, we suck and we embarrassed ourselves and we got one hit by the San Diego freaking Padres. There you go. Season's over. Good night. Thanks for listening to Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.